Welcome to the Grand Rapids Local History Podcast. I'm Matthew Ellis. I'm Jessica Kroll. And I'm Travis. Today we're going to zip line into the past to touch on the future, and Travis figures out why Market Street is called just that. And we also talk about Meyer, or is it Myers? And uh, today we're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, the area around 201 Market, which is uh, just on the east side of the Grand River and just uh, just a bit south of the Fulton Street Bridge. And it's been in the news recently. We thought we'd uh, we'd have Matt dig up some information and, and tell us what the heck's going on over there. Yeah, I found some really cool, uh, really cool information about that uh, part of town. Uh, it used to be uh, all islands in the Grand River. So there was uh, there was three islands, uh, three main islands right there, and 201 Market was kind of in the middle of what they called Island Number Three. So it was actually on an island. Yep, yep. How how where did it go? How did the island uh, disappear? <laughs> um, so so they they filled in the channels around the island. So so Island Number One was um, north of Fulton. And it was at the at the corner of Monroe and Pearl um, downtown. That is that would have been on the river's edge. The island would have been just across from that corner, and then island number two was just across from that island. Um, so the Pearl Street Bridge, uh, where it connects to the edge of the river on the east side now. That is where, like, the northernmost tip of Island 2 would have been. Wow. And so uh, Island 1 would have stretched a little more north of that, um, but Lion Square um, near the uh, Exhibitors Building and um, the Auditorium, that would have been all underwater. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so so we're going to jump back a little bit in time. Uh what was the what were some of the first details about the islands that you were able to to discover? Charles Belknap, uh, one of one of the more famous residents, early residents of the city, he uh, came to Grand Rapids in 1854 when he was a boy, and he kind of wrote about the islands that he encountered, um, and uh, he said that he missed them uh, when they when they were filled in. But he said that on Island One, uh, it was it was pretty much um, meadowy. Um, he said cows could be found roaming on the islands. Huh. <laughs> and, so, uh, he, and he said that the Native Americans uh, would come to the islands in the spring and set up settlements because it sounds like, it sounds like they, were, they were lush. They had a lot of uh, greenery. He noted that wild plums, crabapple trees, uh, grapevines could all be found on the islands. And so the Native Americans planted a uh, small field of corn on Island One. A quick side note, Bunny Trail. Uh, Charles Belknap, was he or did he ever live up on the hill that's known as Belknap Lookout? I know this is not part of the islands at all. <laughs> We're going up in elevation, but I'm just curious. I'm not sure. I, I would I would wager that he was. I, I would wager that he was. All right. Topic for another time. So the so we're, Island One sounds really great. Like if you have to pick an island to be stranded on somewhere, this one's not bad. Yeah, You've yeah. Got plums. You could eventually make wine. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> and a, a field of corn with meadows and cows. Right. That's, uh, that's fairly impressive. Um, How did island, the cows get there? I'm not sure. I'm I'm guessing there there were um, 
times when the river would be extremely low. So I'm guessing that they kind of uh, traveled over the riverbed when that happened. Or maybe okay. they just were brought over when they were very small. Yeah, yeah. Right. But it sounds like there was there was an ecosystem there that could that could uh, provide for them. So so maybe once they found their way onto the island, they just stayed. Did uh, did these islands were were they for the most part uncovered and islandy for most of the year, or were there years or, or parts of the year where they maybe were underwater? Yeah, it, it sounds like uh, parts of the year they were underwater. One source noted that they were so pristine because the years when or the or the times of year when the Indians didn't settle there, the water flooded the islands and washed away all of the either garbage that was left behind or just remnants of of anything man-made. So Sure. While also depositing what I would imagine to be some fairly fertile soil. Yeah, yeah. Um nice. On Island 2, uh, Charles Belknap noted that there was the largest sycamore tree he had ever seen. And he, he had this neat, uh, cute story that when the Native Americans settled uh, on the islands, they put up uh, um, swings from the branches of the of that sycamore tree for the so children. Suddenly, Island 2 sounds like maybe the forefront when you want to be <laughs> stranded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Food or amazing swings in a beautiful sycamore tree. Mm-hmm. Um, Island, Island Island Three, uh, where 201 Market was, didn't sound as nice. Um, it was kind of sandy and uh, had a lot of clay. So it sounds like Island One and Two got the better better deal. And and so Islands One and Two were were kind of north of Fulton Street. Yep. And slightly east or in the easterly part of the river. Is that a is that a fair statement? Yes. Yep. Okay. I'm in my mind. I'm just trying to envision where these 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 first two were. Mm-hmm. So then, Island Three. Does that have any other names? Is it known by any other name currently, or or was it then? Not that I could see. Island Three. It was still called the island even when the channel was filled in. That's what um, the city referred it to, because it pretty much encompassed just city service buildings, and so and, they called it the island. And these uh, these islands existed at least in 1954 for sure, and then shortly thereafter they were done away with. Yeah. How, how did how did that happen? So I, island one and two were filled in pretty pretty early on. At least their channels were covered and incorporated into the canals that were on either side of the city. So the city quickly filled in those, and it used dirt and gravel from. Uh, Prospect Hill. Uh, so Prospect Hill was on uh, Prospect Street, and it was it was very tall. And eventually, they just started taking all of the dirt from Prospect Hill to fill in all of these channels and other sections that were low in the city, because um, there there were some swampy areas in the early city that they had to fill in. I suppose that makes sense. If if I'm looking to fill in islands in the Grand River, I'm going to look over. And find a pile of hill or dirt yeah. that's that's right there, right? Yeah. So I guess that sort of makes sense. And these canals that you that you mentioned earlier, those were were probably were those the precursors to the canals used for water power for for factories along the banks. Um. Yeah. Yeah. They were originally used for steamboat travel, and then quickly used 
for water power to power the furniture plants, um, but those eventually too were were filled in. The uh, island one and two, those channels were were filled in. I mentioned pretty early, but even as early as 1857, the Common Council passed uh, a resolution to ask. Uh, it was under the jurisdiction of the county, so they had to ask the county for permission to fill in the channels. But the channel um, separating uh, Market Street from Island Three um, that stayed pretty long. That was that was there at least until the uh, early 1900s, 1913, um, somewhere around there. So, uh, so that kind of covers islands one and two, which were upstream a little from island number three. And island number three lasted a little longer than the first two, correct? Yeah, yeah. So island island three stayed at least uh, separated by channel at least until 1913. The the city still called it an an island um, all the way up until at least 1977. Uh, Prospect Hill was used uh, to fill in Islands 1 and 2, but it was also used to fill in sections of Island 3. It was, as, as I said, it was mostly clay and sand, and so when they started putting buildings on Island 3, they needed to kind of reinforce it. So Island 3 ran, uh, it started at Fulton, and then it went southwest to uh, the corner of Wealthy and Market, and it was separated from Market Street by channel. And that was uh, – I, I mentioned this. I don't, I don't remember what episode it was, but uh, this was Gano's channel. Episode number one. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Yep. Yeah. Talking, talking about, about the USS. The yeah. USS. Yeah. The USS Grand Rapids. Yep. So this is uh, the channel between Island 3 and uh, Market uh, Avenue. Uh, that was Gano's channel. Uh, and so right now, to kind of picture it, it's where uh, the parking lot is. Uh, that surrounds uh, Charlie's Crab, and then uh, US-131 crosses over where the island would be, and then 201 Market starts the area where the various city departments are, and then it ends with the building uh, on the corner of Market and Wealthy. Wow, that's a decent-sized channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, and I'm thinking about that from the perspective of filling it in. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's a pretty tall task. Took uh, a lot, you, yeah. Just, just so we're talking about 201 Market specifically because it, the the city is working with some private partners and other groups to potentially reinvigorate that space. How long it will take, what it will end up looking like, nobody really knows. But again, that kind of piqued our curiosity about this space, especially something like we know, and because we know clearly engineers and smarter folks know <laughs> that that this was an old canal, and I'm I'm really curious to find out if they're going to come up with really neat souvenirs that they uncover or or if they're going to find real problems as they start digging for footings for buildings and whatever it gets put in that space i'm curious to see what they're going to uncover i'm really looking forward to it yeah i i bet they uncover some neat items the city started buying uh the island in 1895 that's when they purchased like a large large part of the island and that was for around $45,000. Um, they had a, a bond for it. And and the island housed some really neat things. Um, I think we had mentioned uh, there was a market on the, on the island. Um, and this was a wholesale market. And so people from the city and, and from even outside the city would come here and sell their uh, produce, uh, their livestock, um, even, even uh, physical items. 
and this um, started in the 1890s. Suddenly, Island 3 seems like the winner. You don't have the the natural grassy fields of Island Mm -hmm. 1. You don't have the giant sycamore of Island 2. But you've got a market. I'm kind of leaning towards Island 3 if I have to get stranded on one. Yeah, yeah. Now, they filled in some of the uh, parts of the island with with the dirt and gravel. And so now it, it was a bit more hospitable. So... It seemed to be a pretty prime location for, for a wholesale market. The Common Council created a committee on on a market, and they quickly decided that the island was uh, a good location. And so they spent uh, close to $3,000 to haul the dirt and gravel from Prospect Hill to make it more uh, suitable. Um, and they also purchased more land on either side of the channel, because they wanted to kind of control access to to the island. That that was a, a wise investment, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of access, how how would I have gotten to the island in early 1900s? Do I swim? Do uh, I so walk? <laughs> probably uh, jump across. Um, <laughs> the, there was there was uh, steamboats and um, there was a few uh, shorter bridges and there was actually a section that they um, kind of filled in to connect it to the city. So at Fulton, they actually connected the island to the uh, larger city. Um, so it was was less of an island now because of that. But uh, that was one of the ways that um, – because the, the horse carts had to get to the island too. So that was my next question. So it's not like Mackinac Island and there were – well, I guess those were their cars at the time. So mm-hmm. similar. But I'm assuming no cars on the island. Nope, no, no cars. The market stayed for quite a while, but in, in the those early days, that is when they started adding the, the sewers and culverts and necessary improvements. They even had a, a restaurant on the, on the island. This is where um, 201 would, would be close to. That's like a precursor to farm to table, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And and they had uh, they had huge buildings for horse stalls because People traveling would always bring their horses. You know, that's how they would get to the market. And so they had to have multiple buildings to house all of the um, horses. And they had uh, bathrooms. And so they, they built a lot of infrastructure for this market. And, and we're going to uncover it soon. Yeah, yeah. That's really uh, th- exciting. Yeah. They, they built uh, plank sidewalks over, over the mud um, so people could walk. Um, we have some really, really neat photographs of of the wholesale market. It was a big, it was a big deal. Um, we had a report uh, in 1901 that said that the market brought in six thousand dollars in revenues. And I'm not sure if that was, you know, maybe they had to have a stall fee if you wanted to sell at the market, or if it was um, sales tax or something. I'm not sure. But still, making some money, chipping away at that forty-five thousand and and uh, uh, what is it, seventy-five or eighty-five thousand dollars they spent on it. So yeah, yeah, putting some money back in the coffers. The the market did um, stick around at least until close to the fifties. Uh, um, we've got some some maps of it still there in nineteen fifty-three. And it but, was being it was being utilized. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, at, at this point, uh, bigger stores started uh, popping up, like Myers and and some of the other produce markets, like uh, the Fulton Street Farmers Market was beginning to grow more, um, and so the wholesale market was being frequented le- frequented less, and uh, eventually um, it was uh, ended. Can um, I just note really quick that Matt even wrote Meyer plural? 
like a true I, Midwesterner. I'm so glad you pointed that out. It was <laughs> burning, burning. Sorry. <laughs> um, Uh-oh. So obviously, Matt, everyone knows it's Meyer. Yeah. That, that, that's that's it. That's the end of the. Oops. It's okay. I think I, I I think everybody has called it Myers at some point. Yeah. I, I I'm pretty sure I still do if I'm talking about it. I mean, Myers isn't it isn't the original name, so uh, that's what new. Green Acres was it? Yeah, Thrifty Acres. Thrifty Acres. Yeah. So maybe so so if that market was still there in the early 1950s, possibly some of our older Grand Rapids residents might even remember it. Yeah, yeah. Some of the city buildings were were next to it. So uh, the highway building was built in, in the 1930s, and that was pretty close by the market. And so I'm sure I'm sure there's still people that remember it. Um, so yeah, uh, the market wasn't the only early resident on the island. Baseball seems to have been played on the island for quite a while. It seemed like it was a perfect uh, perfect spot. You know, it was it was relatively flat, wide open spaces. And so we've got sources from the 1800s that say baseball was played there. But in 1912, uh, a baseball park was actually built. Uh, a pretty big one was built on the island north of where US-131 is right now. Um, Home runs were a splash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they had to fetch a few, uh, few of their baseballs in the river. The stadium, if you could call it that, uh, it could seat... Uh, 3,500 uh, people, um, and it stayed for quite a while. It was uh, dismantled in 1939, and that made the way for uh, businesses to then occupy that space. Not a lot is known about the the baseball field. I've only seen a few photographs of it, and the Historical Society had published uh, numerous articles on baseball within the city, ranging from 1980 to 2013, but not one mentioned uh, the island baseball field. Um, well, let's let's correct that. I, I think that being – are either of you opposed to a baseball episode at some point in the future? There's some be, great history. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I don't Sullivan, know much about it, but I'll uh, – Get ready. I, yeah. Sullivan Field? Oh, there's a whole list. Yeah. Um, it, it was right next to the market for quite a while, um, so um, some of the photographs – of the market show the um, stands in the background. And so it sounds like it was a really uh, like a big destination for, for people that could go shop in the market, watch a baseball game. Why don't we do something like that again over there? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Sounds like a good idea <laughs> um, with an amphitheater or something. Yeah. <laughs> what a crazy Island. Like I said, I would have hung out there. I forget about islands one and two, three is where mm-hmm. it's at. Yeah. So uh, the, the first a public works building on the island was the lighting plant, and that was built in the 1880s, and that was uh, built just on the island. It was on the west edge uh, across from where Bartlett Street is, and that's there currently. In the early days of the city, um, Grand Rapids had oil and gas lamps, and they had to employ lamp lighters uh, to light them at dusk and then extinguish them at dawn. Um, and this was... Uh, city-owned gas lights. Um, by 1880s, um, the uh, street lights were um, owned by private companies, and by this time they had uh, converted to electric power. Um, that, Matt, that seems really early to to be converting to electric power in the 1880s. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was. Um, but one of the reasons is that um, Grand Rapids had 
possibly the first hydroelectric plant in the world. Um, the Grand Rapids Electric Light and Power Company, which was organized in 1880 and built its uh, first lights, electric powered lights in 1881. And I would imagine that that hydroelectric plant also helped uh, kind of solidify furniture factories and other industry. Yeah, definitely. It, it was one of the reasons why Grand Rapids was really on the map. We had one of the uh, Edison plant buildings. Uh, we had mentioned in the uh, communications episode that mm-hmm. uh, communications was, was uh, early here as well. So, so what you're telling me is infrastructure and investing in infrastructure can actually be a really good thing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, bunny trail. Yeah. So, um, uh, so we've got electric light in the late 1880s. Where do we go from there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 1884, uh, Grand Rapids was hoping to replace the private lighting system with a public lighting system of their own. They kind of went back and forth. There was questions in the Grand Rapids Herald newspaper about uh, the legality of moving to a public system, whether or not they could afford it fiscally. But eventually, after appointing a committee on public lighting, um, they did build the uh, street lighting station uh, on the island in 1889. And from there, it powered all of the city-owned street lights. Is that building still still present? Still uh, no, the, the building was um, torn down I think in about 1977 or around there. Um, it might have been torn down a bit earlier, but uh, I, I didn't find a definite answer on that. Okay. Um, uh, eventually, the the activities there were moved. Um, in 1909, um, just 10 years after it was built, Grand Rapids residents voted to fund a water bond that would uh, consolidate the lighting plant into the uh, pumping station at, at Coldbrook. And that building is still there. Yeah, yeah, that building and is still it there. It is remarkable. Yeah, that, it's a beautiful building. I was just going to ask if you guys have both been in there. I have not. Uh, I just admire it from the outside. It's very cool, but it's also very creepy. What parts are creepy, Jess? Just the flaking paint and <laughs> um, <laughs> things like that? It has a patina, I think is what you say about that building. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We, we had also mentioned in the uh, animals exhibit that the pound was built on the island. Uh, this was the second pound in the city, and that was um, built in the early 1900s, around 1905. And um, next to the pound was the uh, crematory and, or the garbage burner. And so more, more city buildings started popping up on the island. Okay. And that was uh, kind of in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Things, the island, the channels don't stay. Where, where do we go? Uh, once transportation developed a bit more, uh, the, the city had a highway department. And in the 1930s, they uh, sought more upgrades um, for the island facilities. Um, so they wanted uh, uh, the highway department to have a new building, uh, the market to be updated. And so this is about when Gano's channel was filled in. And this is also when private companies uh, um, built uh, stores, offices, uh, factories along market. Um, so the city started to sell off those those parcels of land. I'm sorry. Do you think Market Avenue was named so because of the market on the island? Yeah, one, well, it was 100 <laughs> percent. Wow. Uh, I just made that connection. Yeah, it was originally it was originally called Waterloo. Oh, no way. So, yeah. And, th- and that would have been the French influence, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Fascinating. Thank you for that little tidbit, as you were. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
these uh, highway department buildings, that was why um, some of the buildings like the pound were torn down and possibly the the city lighting plant. And then uh, early fleet garages were built around that time as well, uh, up until the 1950s. Around this time, also on the corner of Market and Wealthy, um, kind of the end of the island, uh, the Michigan Consolidated Gas Company built their offices and, and their meters. And I think this is a, now a city-owned building. Yeah, that's that's the beautiful brick building there on the mm-hmm. corner, correct? Yep. Okay. The baseball field, uh, that, those were closed in the 1930s, and more and more companies built their offices and factories on that part of the land. Uh, it was eventually uh, separated by 131. So the lower part of the island contained all of the city facilities, and then the upper part of the island, um, split by 131, contained companies. And one of the one of the larger companies there was the uh, Consumers Ice Company. Um, and they, had, they had a big facility there, dominated all the other ones. And then right next to it was a little tiny shop called the Arctic Ice Cream Company. I'm guessing that that they probably kept their ice cream cool. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one of their neighbors. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Urban renewal affected both both parts of uh, the island. Uh, in 1977, and leading up to it, the public works complex was heavily updated. Uh, the uh, highway building was was uh, torn down. The remaining uh, buildings uh, for the wholesale market that were still kind of being used by the city, those were uh, removed. And uh, this is when the current facilities were were constructed around that time. And then in in the north section, uh, all of the businesses were torn down uh, to make room for uh, that large parking structure. I I don't think that large is adequate. It's expansive. Yeah, yeah. I do know that semi-trucks, when when artists come to Van Andel and events come to Van Andel, a lot of... A lot of times that space will be used for overflow parking. So you might get, you know, 30 semis parked there while Lady Gaga's doing a show. And then they, you know, mosey across the street and load it up and onto the next town. So oh, wow. I guess it does serve some purpose. But uh, at this time, um, all uh, public works facility, all public works uh, departments were located on the island except for water and environmental service. Yeah. And we know water was, was up at Coldbrook, correct? Yep. And, and uh, I'm sure yeah, they had yeah. other stations. I know there's yeah. a, a few stations as you head even out to Lake Michigan. And then environmental services, of course, was, was further down on market. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. So kind of where they are now. Or yeah. exactly, exactly where they are now. Sorry. Yep. So kind of in this process of my curiosity being piqued about this area, the city purchased some space from Kent County, just north of Leonard Street on the west side of the Grand River. And so it looks like some of these services will move north and kind of mm-hmm. clear clear away for what folks have been talking about is this, you know, the, what looks to be expansive and generational development. So it's it's neat to see this evolution of the the river was wider. We had islands. We filled in the islands. We kept the channels. We filled in the channels. We built buildings. Urban renewal came along. We tore down the buildings, put up a parking lot. Yeah. And uh, it, it, to me, it's really neat to see the next iteration of this space, which undoubtedly is valuable. I mean, we had some some fits and starts. And, you know, remember mm-hmm. in, in the, the 2000s where the gentleman from, I believe, Atlanta 
um, had a secret project planned and we were as excited about it then as we are about the projects that are in theory happening now. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of neat to see that. That part of the city has always been kind of uh, integral to to the city first as as the market and and as a, a ball field and then as uh, city services and companies and continuing as city services and then now uh, with this uh, proposed redevelopment. It's, it's exciting. The city of Grand Rapids has done, I think, the most has made the most concrete moves in in making some of these developments happen, which is move a very large sewer line out of that area. And it's it's been there for some time. It's been noted by other folks who were potentially interested in this space as, as, as a redevelopment site. They're going to move it. They're just going to jog it south. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> a, it's maybe a 60-inch diameter pipe. It's, it's, a, it's a massive project. And again, I, I'm curious to see how it ends up. And I'm curious to see what they find as they start uncovering, you know, this part of Grand Rapids history that, you know, they're going to be digging part of Prospect Hill up. Just really yeah. Yeah. Might find some, uh, some baseball bats or uh, a baseball or two or yeah, that one home run. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Jess, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I do, but I'll wait until we're finished because they're burning questions about current events. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, Matt, those are not the only three islands. Correct. There are uh, uh, two more islands. Um, Island four uh, was uh, called, uh, and, and is still there, called Robarge Island. And that's further down the Grand River, uh, a bit uh, southwest of Wealthy Street Bridge. It's it's smaller. The city at one point filled part of it in, but it's it's still there. I, I, I haven't been to it. I think you can see it from the Superfund site. That's that's my experience with it. <laughs> that's the extent of it. Yeah, it's it's pretty small. But its name is Robarge. My guess is that it was named Robarge because as you were heading downstream, that's when you had to you couldn't rely on the current anymore as the as the river kind of flattens out a little. And that's when the captain, probably Swedish, would say, Row this barge and then <laughs> uh, everyone's like, There it is. They're they're shouting row barge yeah. again. Yeah, so historically I'm, accurate. I'm sure that's how it happened. So, so that's Island Four. Yeah, and then we have uh, an island that's in the Grand River now uh, called Jackson Island, uh, or is it's maybe more well known Punk Island. Punk Island, yeah. It's got a great sandy beach. Sometimes. Yeah, some sometimes this is referred to Island Number Three, but that's um, not technically correct. Is it? Does it have a number? No, uh, it, it's not an original island. Um, okay. It, it kind of popped up later. My guess is uh, due to the I, I, I had I didn't find a source on how or when it popped up, but my guess is that the sediment started building up due to the railway bridge across the river. One of the supports may have um, created a sediment deposit, and it just continued. Are you allowed to go there? I don't think so. Uh, just last year, it looks like um, Grand Rapids uh, bought the island, or was in the process of buying the island, um, and so they put on some, uh, uh, put up some no trespassing signs. Yeah, Jess, I think the correct answer is finger quote no. Yeah. The the Google reviews say corrupting <laughs> the youth for a better tomorrow, <laughs> and some other things that I probably shouldn't say. It it has it has some some legend attached to it undoubtedly. Yeah, 
uh, it used to be owned by um, uh, if if the city if the city bought it, it used to be owned by uh, GVSU. Um, yeah, I, I had seen uh, a delightful meme about how they were going to host a festival like Fire Island <laughs> locally and just have it on Punk Island. That'd be great. Was this meme created by Plant Parenthood? If we're going there, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I enjoyed it. But uh, now we might be able to, um, zip line to Punk Island. It, it needs to happen. If the zip line's going in, let's do it. it. Will it cheapen the Punk Island experience? Sure. <laughs> but that's what growing up is all about, right? The graffiti yeah. gets covered up. The houses get torn down. People can zip line to Punk Island. It's just, it's just life. Mm-hmm. Jess, you said you had some burning questions. I do. And I know that I asked about this in our first episode, but actually let me go, let me say this other one first. So Matt, you sent us these photos or these maps of where the islands were before mm-hmm. they were filled in. And on one of the maps, it looks like island number three is split and there's an island number five. What is that? That that one's just south of Fulton, like like where Charlie's Crab is now. It, it says island number five. Hmm. Let me. Oh, if you zoom in, it looks like it's uh, island number three. Oh no, I see. <laughs> I see. I see it. Yeah. I see yeah. It. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. None of the other maps identified it as such. It, it's it's po- just... yeah. It's possible that it was a separate island at one point, but I don't think that it was known as island number five widely yeah i don't know what i don't know why it says island five because island four is even more southward so i don't think it would have made sense for them to list one and two then four then three or uh, five and then three and then four so i'm not sure why they uh put island five my other question is when you look at the um aerial view on Google Maps um, over the Grand River, mm-hmm. starting at Fulton Street. Uh, well, first of all, there's some like peace signs and hearts and smiley faces in the river. I don't really know what that is. Um, but going north, just north of the Blue Bridge and just south of Pearl Street Bridge, along the bank of the river, it looks like there's like remnants of an island or something. Maybe it's just the water. And then there's just to the left of that, there's like a little rock formation, which I've seen from the Blue Bridge. But do you think? Is it just the water, or is it, like, the island peeking up from the river? You said north of Pearl? South of Pearl, between Pearl and the Blue Bridge. I don't quite remember, but I think it was um, some sort of gauge that they had put in the river. Um, That little rock pile? Yeah, yeah. Um, But there are definitely some, like, remnant of of structures that that were in the the river, Um, that rock pile being one of them. So we're gonna we're gonna see how this area develops um, in a hundred years. Uh, someone may very well be doing whatever the future of podcasting is, which is thought casting or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trademark. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I really am curious for this for this potential development uh, to to unfold. It's a big one. It's long term. It's brought to you by the folks that brought you the Van Andel Arena and the DeVos Convention Place, if that gives you any clues as to who's involved with it. But Grand Action is back. It has never been unsuccessful with its projects. And so I'm, I'm curious to see how this turns out and also to see if you can zip line to Punk Island. 
Yeah, yeah. I just I heard that they were th- thinking about redeveloping it, but I hadn't seen what they wanted to do. And I just came across a photo on um, Google Images and it looks pretty cool what they're planning to do. A couple like pedestrian bridges across the river, uh, amphitheater, river terraces, active attraction park. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, there'll be a, a pullout spot for kayakers coming coming down uh, as as that part of the river is up, upstream as that's redeveloped mm-hmm. and smoothed out and more made more rapidy. So yeah, it really should be a destination feature. There's also talk of an aquarium in a decade or so, but I don't think you'd be able to zip line into the aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> into the tank? Just a big splash. <laughs> so how do we want to end it? Well, that's all, folks. What did you say earlier? Did you say, so how should we end this? Yeah. Maybe that's how we end everyone. Yeah, so like how that. should we end this? So how and should then, we? And then noise from the cafe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just taper off uh, yeah. us droning on about local history. I like it. I think that, that, I mean, that's what I would vote for, but um, my vote doesn't count for much. That's how I would end it. And, and we can play around with the ending, too. Uh, or we could since, since we, trick them and... Yeah, it just never ends. Not end. Yeah, we'll just, just pick right going. up at the next one. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. almost done. They yeah, they're, they're almost done. <laughs>